This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery, like McKenna, brings a top-tier lineup. With Leaf Davis-esque delivery right to your door, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only by app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the preview show edition of the Blue Monday podcast, a three times weekly show looking into all things Ipswich Town. I'm your host, Richard Woodward, and I have a cornucopia, a Christmas cornucopia of football expertise. I have the brilliant Harry from Bath and I have the well-travelled Benjamin Bloom. Hello, gentlemen. Who wants to go first? Harry, after you. Uh, How are you? Hello, everyone. Great, thank you. All very good. Life great in the world of retailing and on the bookselling side of things head down take money but it's it, we've had plenty of exciting things on the Ipswich front to keep us distracted absolutely Ben welcome <laughs> to the preview show again I mean it is your show let's be honest <laughs> I'm going to keep my powder dry I'm going to linger in the corner and let you guys do your thing but I have I have been voyeuristically looking at a lot of Sheffield United the past couple of months so I may be able to add a bit when we get onto that Rich you've um Two games in the last three weeks, Sheffield United, is that right? I think I've seen them four times in the past um, couple of months. When we did the David Johnson interview, that was at Sheffield United. Then I was at the Steel City Derby and then uh, Brentford. I saw them beat Brentford and I saw them last week lose to West Brom, which felt like a very significant barometer of where they are at the moment. Nice. This kind of feels like... You know this because you're in schools, but when there's like an inspector sat at the back of the class, oh, go on with you. Or if, or, you just do your thing, or it's hey, like yeah. someone else is driving your car, and it's like, oh no, you shouldn't put change gear there. Oh, don't like that. So um, I'll do my best to keep things. I'm nice on and... your side. I'm not an Ofsted inspector, <laughs> honestly. Let's <laughs> um... get outstanding from me. That's oh, what I'm well, there you go. God bless you. God bless you. Um, let's chat Wigan, shall we? Um, we did that on the Sunday show. Um, Obviously, a good listen to that. Um, Harry, any thoughts from you on Wigan? And yeah. obviously, quite a symbolic moment. That's why the pink top is back, by the way. Mm, yes, yes. Uh, it's um, the uh, what are we, just a couple of minor thoughts of it, just reflecting on it now. Two things that, which occurred to me one, the win balanced out the injustice of Bristol City, just as the Swansea win balanced out the injustice of Rotherham. Injustice is used in a very loose term because, you know, but uh, just felt. We, it was uh, probably it was a game. I don't from just reading the reports and the Ben's memorable memorable match report in the car afterwards. Um, yeah, <laughs> you know it was it was a you know a game of football would occasionally break 
out. It was like as if it was being played on the on the deck of a, a of a North Sea platform. To be honest, <laughs> great fun. But uh, it was a great win. It was a huge win, and it gives us hope. You suddenly think, right? There's a glimmer. There's a glimmer there. Um, you know, we can. You know, one of the tunnels is under construction. Let's just say, mm. fantastic. We'll see. You know, that that differential is back to something that 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 can be spliced in January if and when the cavalry come yeah, in. Yeah, which um, Lambert said isn't much, didn't he, today <coughs> in his press conference. So yeah, he's yeah. going to be positive, obviously. Um, but Yeah. The other only small thing, there was a photograph of Luke Chambers at full time, uh, sort of a, it was a, um, it was a portrait for, a format, one of him standing there with the rain coming down, absolutely covered in mud, screaming to the, to the, to the North Stand. And if Planet Blue are listening, just sell it frame it and start selling it we'll all buy one it was a fantastic image just to find the warrior that we have at the heart of our defense yeah Absolutely anyway, right. there we go yeah, yeah. And just a, i think joe, really. joe tweeted that didn't he so i might go and yeah. find that again um yeah but i think we discussed it on on uh, sunday but it's kind of more symbolic and um yeah. more a bit of a positive step forward and an endorsement for lambert to, with quite a run of games coming up now and context is king isn't yeah. it ask me in six yeah. games about the about the Wigan win because remember we had this with Swansea was this just a madcap ridiculous flash in the pan yes it was let's let's see where we are in when we played Millwall at home when we yeah. played Rodder at home in yeah. the in the middle of January yeah, yeah. and we've got yeah. questions about points and wins and um, what's good over the coming days um, and the week or so we'll come back to that but um um, it's going to be a tough run, but I think as as long as we're in contention in January, I think that's all we can hope for. A um, yeah. couple of bits of news and, piece, and bits and pieces you wanted to pick up, Harry. The first is um, the statue um, of Kevin Beattie, the um, kind of yeah. um, the initiative that was kicked off earlier this week on his on the yeah. anniversary or his birthday, wasn't yeah. it? Um, yeah. What's your thoughts on that? Just a, just just my six months worth on it. I, I I think it is appropriate that he gets a statue. There's there's lots of different discussions going on and I wouldn't not disagree with anyone. I think it's sort of coming to a consensus on what's best. My sixpence worth is that I think a statue is appropriate because whereas a lot of the players of that era were admired, I always my sense is that Kevin was he was loved in a slightly different way to the other players. There was something about him in terms of his ability and something in terms of about with him in terms of the affection and the bond he had with the supporters that was just as, as a slightly accentuated level. And I guess um, the other thing I think often for a lot of the other players, Ipswich was a huge part of their lives and it meant a lot to them in that era. I think for Kevin Beattie, it was his life. It defined him in a way it didn't any of the any of the other players of that era, and it gave it it it, it, it sort of gave him a raison d'etre in many ways above the above a lot of the other of the of the other sort of uh, legends that we had then. And for that reason, I think it's it's but it's shades of grey. To me, a statue it it does make sense. What it costs is what it costs. Um, given the amount of money swilling around in the wider game now, I'm. I'm actually comfortable with the, with the amount of money. If we can raise it, it would be fantastic. But um, yep. but I know it's I know it's it has this, this it has raised um, lots of different views from lots of different people. So I fully respect them all. But yeah, I mean that's that's an interesting thought that I hadn't um, yeah. heard so far. And um, yeah. it was quite an interesting um, contribution on Twitter by Cobble Massive today, kind of saying that you can. It's all very well having a criticism and Twitter. Everyone's kind of got their opinion now, and sometimes. <laughs> 
there's a right place to have a debate and sometimes there just isn't and if it's not your thing then don't worry about it um yeah. and yeah we'll see how it kind of pans out there's you know i think they've they're 10 percent of the way there so um but yeah an interesting insight there thank you for that harry and yeah, yeah we'll um we'll see how that gets on another um ipswich town legend who was in the news to um on Thursday, which is um, secret spoiler alert, um, today when we're recording this, um, Russell Osmond um, was yeah. the the next of the kind of ICFC alumni that made the trip to Playford Road. Um, mm. Yet to, I, I tweeted him um, to see if I could get some insights, and he was very keeping his class close to his chest. But um, again, mm. Lambert kind of doing the right things, gents. There, Ben, yeah. ben come Harry, to you. Um, uh, Russell has been very, very critical, hasn't he, of, yeah. of the current regime? Yeah. Yeah, he hasn't, you know, he hasn't kept his powder dry at all. He's he's been very honest, frank, but he is also incredibly insightful. And you know, he's nailed with a lot of his discussions about the the way the season has panned out, the decisions that were made. You just find yourself thinking, you know, he wasn't afraid to say it before the truth sort of became self evident as the season, the early part of the season unravelled. Um, the the my my extra slant on it in a way would be the fact that he's he's based in the West Country. He's been several times now to talk to the Southwest supporters branch and when he his tactical knowledge is phenomenal especially when it comes to the defense to, to the back line I remember him once talking about Tommy Smith and saying about how left-footed he was and the way teams will exploit that now as fans we don't always see those tactical insights but once Russell had said that and there's no criticism of Tommy because he had you know he did so much for the club in his time with us but you could see once you had that little insight it was a little thunderbolt going off in your head thinking ah and then as you watched games you could see how players Steve McLaren would... Chris Martin yeah. Portman Road uh, there you go Chris, exactly Chris Martin was the one straight away he knew he had him in his pocket every time when he felt it as if he did Russell is capable of doing that you know and that's why players of, with that level of tactical insight you know Russell spending a couple of you know a couple of you know half an hour with, Pe- with Pennington for example you know what does that mean there was a photo was it George Burley was with, with chatting to Miles Kenlock I think in in the earlier visit I mean what could that mean for Miles Kenlock having a player like Burley coming along you know all that knowledge and wisdom of that specialist position you know as a fullback position being able to share that with him and just and that ongoing dialogue that they can have together the other small thing about Russell to add was when he came to the last time he spoke to the Southwest group he brought his UEFA Cup medal along and let's just say it was like oh the this old of, thing oh, the, oh, yeah, yeah. get the on the front of Inside Paper magazine yeah. <laughs> No, it was, it, was the, it was the Ark of the Covenant being passed around. We were all looking at it. Oh, it's gold. It shines. It gleams. You know, can we touch it? It was so funny. We were all reduced to being eight-year-olds there and then. <laughs> it was great fun. It really was. No, great man, Russell. Love him to bits. And, um, as, and the great thing is to say he's not afraid to say it as he sees it. And invariably, he's right. Yeah. yeah. And good old Lambert. I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, again, Twitter's kind of had its saying its thoughts on on whether that's kind of a bit contrived or what have you. But I'm, I'm big on kind of embracing our history rather than hiding yep. it. Um, yeah. And not everyone has played alongside Pele, albeit um, it wasn't <laughs> in real life. Um, so there's but, one. But, but Rich, um, Russell Osman's extremely respected, and now he's been invited. The likelihood of him you know, criticising things on Twitter now reduces. It's just a, I, I totally agree with you. It's just a, how can it not be a positive? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's an interesting yeah. thought that Ben and um, mm. and did, yeah, tapping into knowledge is always a good thing. But also trying to bring people back on side because yeah, yeah, things haven't gone particularly well for us over the last decade or so. Particularly off the pitch treatment of ex pros. There's definitely players who have come out and talked about that. So it's yeah, about time they tried to do something about it. Yeah, Link, linking into talking about Sheffield United, um, Phil from TWTD in today's interview he asked a question about should we be modelling ourselves going forward on the Sheffield United model, which is a team doing their absolute best with little resources. And and Lambert, again, echoing everything we've just talked about, said, no, you want to have your own identity. Don't just do it the way they're doing it. Let's do it the way we want to do it. And we will find that way for ourselves. And I just, again, that it just, it, it all chimes. The way he was talking about watching the Bobby Robson video, or DVD. Is, yeah, film. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's, 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 it's not just cliched he's a lot of managers say oh i'm all about the future we can't do anything about the past um lambert respects the dna of the past because he recognizes there will be patterns and echoes of that which we can then mirror forward into whatever into whatever the next chapter happens to be yeah and i think as fans as fa that's something as fans we can all see as well, well i was going to say uh, uh, we've been around and you know our families or whoever have been watching town for decades before us have been coming up through this kind of stuff. So this is in our DNA. This is what, as fans, we tap into and come back yeah. to, and we're all sentimental yeah. as well. So yeah. if Lambert gets it, um, which yeah. is the antithesis of Mick, let's be honest, who I think he... Was it him or Keeney said, I'd rip down those pictures in the hallway if I could? Um, oh, I think it's a good yeah. one. I, I think it's good. Uh, Rich, um, if I could just come in on that comment. Harry, he's, be, he's being clever, but we should obviously model ourselves on what Sheffield United have done. <laughs> Right. <laughs> Nothing wrong with being in the top six, is there, gents? No. Right, playing lovely football and you know, sell it, selling one player and bringing in three good ones that we're about to talk about, Rich. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, Majorton it... talks about the mythical Ipswich way, so maybe yeah. there's something to be. So I think Big Sam on the West Ham way was even funnier, wasn't it? But yes. there you go. I don't and the Everton way as well. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's let's go to Sheffield United. Or Harry, have you got one more thing there? No. no I, just got to say, I remember being on the West Ham forums when Sam Allardyce was there. I think we played them. It was one of the early, very early blogs I did for a TWTD. It was, and West Ham fans know their football. They really know their football. And these long diagonal balls from the halfway line, they were just, they were causing, they were causing nervous breakdowns in the stand. They just simply refused to accept it it was so funny anyway that's moving on moving yeah, on if, moving if on. not a little uh, impractical but hey hey thank you know um Sheffield United then gents um a team that you've seen quite a lot of Ben um I've not seen too much of Sheffield United apart from they're on the telly most weeks um and behind me are uh, two shirts from yesteryear when we actually used to be half decent and used to beat Sheffield United. Um, and there's not, it was not long ago since they were the Norwich of the North and that kind of has dissipated a little bit. Um, they've obviously been relegated and, and had a few years of hardship but have certainly bounced back and, and in Wilder, a manager who again gets the DNA of the club and appears to be building. Again, another positive start like last season but it started to fall away and the results have been a bit patchy recently they're still in the top six um but a defeat last time out which you saw didn't you ben against west brom um is this a good time to be playing sheffield united gents um the defeat against west brom rich was was significant you say patchy results i came away from that genuine i know a lot of people don't like chris wilder genuinely thinking what else can this guy do yeah. you know you sell mm -hmm. brooks to Bournemouth you sign absolutely brilliantly and we'll go into detail 
Hen- you bring in Henderson in goal on loan. Egan is your middle of your three centre-halves. Norwood is your playmaker. McGoldrick up front for next to nothing. As you say, you start the way you did last year. And, you know, if they continue doing this, the parallels with Burley's Ipswich of build, 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 and what David Johnson said, sell, bring in sell two, and build bring again. in two, yep. and build, will be will be uncanny. But Harry and I had a had a chat on the phone the other day, and there's got to be a point where... Um, and we were saying, what would Chris Wilder do with the with the Middlesbrough squad? There's got to be a point where, yeah. you know, he's on he's on to on to better things. Would be my view. And there's yeah. uh, one of the games that possibly yeah. typifies for me Sheffield United under Chris Wilder is the the Sheffield Wednesday game, um, the Steel City derby, where they absolutely destroyed them, but couldn't score. And they've got this pretty lousy record. Is it's fair to say against the top teams and in big crunch games, which is exactly how we used to be. Um, and then Richard, the, the key point there, sorry to interrupt, anyway. is the coaching and the system are superior to the players. Right, is what's happening there, where they're so beautifully drilled, but Ender Stevens is Ender Stevens at the end of the day, and you know David McGoldrick. Is great, but slightly broken. And Billy Sharp yeah. is and getting on. Just, yeah, just yeah. See what I'm saying. Yeah, exactly yeah. right. There's a, it's imperfect. Harry, what are your thoughts? What are the um, no, thoughts my, 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 my head is on fire listening to what you've just both been talking about because so this is just so echoed in their forums. A couple of things to say. One killer comment. One of them said, "It feels like the peak of the Wilder era when it could have been the start." Wow. And that, okay. that, that just absolutely, that's an absolutely nails it. But the other issue, which just echoing what Ben was saying about the end of Stevens' comment, how many, I, I may have got this wrong, but one of them said that there is no Premier League experience in that squad. Right, okay. If you look at the provenance of the players, I went through, I double-checked it myself, looking through all the different players, Blackpool, Brentford, Brentford, Milton Keynes, Coventry, good team, um, Portsmouth, <laughs> Birmingham, um, ben, ben Woodburn, it, you having that? Switch. Uh, ben Woodburn. Did um, oh Stearman play the Prem? No, season-long loan. Maybe he came off the bench once. I think one of them said Chris Basham played for Blackpool a couple of times before he was sold in 2014. That's it. Now, that's, now, you put that up against the six I bang on about, the big six, who all are have got... You know, you need players who've played at that level to help you get up to that level. They just don't have them. And it's 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 obvious what is needed um, I wrote down one of my notes was it's a club at the same crossroads re-reached under making the playoff season now the, the, the parallel isn't absolute but that they are there and you well, just and Harry, feel do, with you, the... do you remember Wilder's <laughs> meltdown at the end of last season about yeah. about monies and I dare say you might have a scenario he wanted Waghorn for 5 million and he got McGoldrick on a free transfer um, yeah. so um, I dare say in January if um, I mean, looking at the looking at the first eleven, yeah, they are a bit of a hodgepodge of players brought in. So the danger of one of them being sold on, um, yeah, is quite low. But they they need bodies, and if he doesn't get them, Rich, he's not going to be happy. I don't think. Yeah, and, I, uh, and we will talk about the players. We'll we'll kind of go through, and I don't think we're going to kind of be as detailed maybe as we usually are. But we'll pick out some key ones. Just a thought on Plan B. And again, I was going back to the kind of thought on Burley um, and whether Wilder, I, again, I cite the Sheffield Wednesday game, but they, they drilled and they 
passing and they're quick and they're frenetic. Um, but when it doesn't work out, as it didn't against Sheffield Wednesday, because they drew that nil-nil and were held, um, is there a plan B? Have you seen anything, Ben, on a plan B? There? Yeah, so the plan B came... I mean, you, 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 you bang on. The plan B came after the Sheffield Wednesday game, where in the two away games at Brentford and at Reading, um, Connor Washington is there instead of Billy Sharp. And Mark Duffy um, is out and uh, either Lundstrom or Coots play. And what that does is you take, you've taken out a penalty box striker <laughs> and a number 10 midfield a little bit further back and you you're playing the channels and Washington's running in so you give okay. up less you give up less energy playing the ball around and um and the big thing I know we all know about it but if you're if you're not a championship aficionado like the, the people in this conversation might be um center halves piling forward wing backs piling forward um the plan b is you go direct to Washington and um he runs in behind all match and then gets replaced by Clark Sharp, Duffy, right. whoever later on. Interesting. Yeah. There's a bit of evolution there because I would I'd have accused him maybe of being a bit stubborn, maybe as burly it's, perhaps. It's was. a tweak. Is it's it a, a tweak? tweak? Okay, fine. Yeah. So in you, you're right to say that as well. The system will still be. It's exactly a compromise, perhaps, rather than. But a, yeah. um, when you're watching Sheffield United, watch Norwood, like Harry says, see how far he is forward, and watch the two wing backs and see how far the better United are playing. The wing-backs are right forward and Norwood is on the edge of the centre circle. When they're a bit further back, Norwood's in front of the back three and the wing-backs are holding back. Yeah. yeah, Interesting stuff. It's interesting. One thing, let's pick up on, because one thing that which then feeds beautifully into that is the, the yeah, there is the, the tiredness team. Because the last three games that I've looked at in detail from what their comments were... Um, the two, which were the two defeats they had at, at home defeats against Leeds and West Brom, they 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 bracketed the away win against Reading, where they they went for Plan A in the other two games, where they basically went after Leeds, went after West Brom, ran out of steam, and once they punched themselves out, then the opposition, West Brom particularly, then just came back at them in the second half. Whereas in the Reading game, the fans were all thinking, the Blades were all watching the game thinking, oh God, the first half has been very listless and quiet. What's going on here? And then in the second half, that's when they unleashed the hounds and they were able to, the, the changes in the second half meant that they took the Reading game by the scruff of the neck and went after them, which kind of was, a, it was a, it's so, I, just to throw that back to you, Ben, I don't know, does that, how does that fit in with your thinking? Absolutely, and um, when I saw them at Brentford, that didn't happen because they managed to get the goals in the first half. And um, I, I threw a bit of a grenade in on my uh, YouTube video um, about do they drop off when McGoldrick, because McGoldrick will go off 65, 75 minutes. Yeah. Um, do they drop off then? But I kind of prefer your theory of everybody piling forward and... Yeah. Um, you know the intensity of it that you know they're they're championship players they yeah they can't do that for for 90 minutes but i agree with what rich said if they're not leading at half time you know you got a yeah. chance mm. yeah there's a lovely there's a lovely quote from one one lady said 
um, this is a quote. He, it's a quote within a quote. He said, Sheffield, Sheffield United go out all guns blazing, but fail to score rarely and thus lose momentum. Then he says, anyone is free to cut and paste this report for forthcoming games. <laughs> there you go. And in terms of the players' point, just to note, I'm looking at the results here, and obviously the West Brom yeah. game is you were at. The difference, Barry scored, I think. Um, Harvey yeah. Barnes, did he score the other one? Or um, was it Jay Rodriguez? I forget. Again, Premier League quality in there. That was the difference, ultimately as we've seen maybe a few weeks back as well. Um, yeah. Let's start talking players, and I'll get this in. Let's get this out of the way nice and quickly. Um, and a question from Ben King on Twitter. Um, how has McGoldrick stayed so injury-free at Sheffield United? Is it Mick's fault for not knowing when he can and can't be used? Um, seeing as it's possible, as we've now seen with Sheffield United, to keep him fit um, for a long period of time. What? What? Let's talk McGoldrick. And frankly, he's not broken down yet. So um, maybe it's the Sheffield air or something like that. Maybe it's the lack of commute. But what's what's the chat about McGoldrick and this run of games which he's managing <laughs> managing to sort out for himself? Yeah, there was a there was a weary comment on on the Sheffield former one and a Sheffield United fan who had a an Ipswich mate. The Ipswich mate said to him, "My Ipswich friend assures me he won't last and he will pick up an injury." And we're all kind of watching our clock, thinking, "Oh, I, my my money's on March because that's when he famously was against Blackpool." I think if we lost him, and I remember thinking it was a it was a March game and the season kind of it it went a bit flaky after that. Um, they the. He does divide opinion. Every forum has a most talked about shot. player. <laughs> yeah, and uh, <laughs> but Goldrick is the most talked about player because they love him as we all did. And it's always funny looking back at seeing what opposition fans say to see if they see what we saw. Um, so the the stuff we all know. A lovely touch and a lovely football, a nice touch and a lovely football brain, but he needs some urgency in this game, especially in front of goal. He rarely loses the ball. His way to pass is always perfect. And this was a lovely line, just going back to what um, Ben was saying earlier about them not signing Waghorn. McGoldrick is a better footballer than Waghorn, but Waghorn is able to score more goals. Yeah. Yeah. McGoldrick's shooting has always been a bit of a question mark. I'm just interested, yeah. Ben. Have you have you noticed anything different in his style, or because he's still leading the line, isn't he? He's still up. He's still forward. But mm-hmm. Rich, he's got Mark Duffy dribbling up behind him. He's got Billy yeah. Sharp ahead of him, goal hanging. He's got two wing backs either side of him. It's a completely different style of football, and there's got to be yeah. there's got to be something in that. He's a little bit more. Indulge. And remember, Rich, we were playing a four-two-three-one last year, and McGoldrick was—he <laughs> was out wide. Joe Garner was up front, and we never, we very rarely saw him even in the in the ten spot. He was always right or left because Mick trusted him a bit more. And when we realised that, as much as I love Waghorn, he couldn't really defend, could he? And he had to go in yeah. the spot, and then the whole Mick Selena um dynamic um it's in the words of gary neville on Mourinho, it's never one thing i, I think the distance yeah. he's driving is one thing i think the style of football is something i think he's had a bloody yeah. good rest is what i would say as well <laughs> and um it, it, yeah he's yeah. probably going to play 40 games and maybe yeah. he's not having to work so hard as well because there's always something about mixed teams is that Definitely. they're always going to have to put in a shift aren't they um, mm. so maybe as you say he's and been more indulged to, Rich you have to put in a shift under Wilder but in a different way you yes. have to press and do attacking stuff and yes. you'll be applauded rather than yeah. you know, Wardy 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 <laughs> back for the corners go on back you come Wardy Wardy <laughs> do you know what I mean I sit there in the pioneer hearing that all the last season God. well it's nice Harry to hear that McGoldrick continues to split 
opinion. Um, he really does. He's fit, isn't he? So he'll play on yeah. Saturday. But Rich, yeah. and we've said this for years, if he didn't split opinion like this, he'd be in the Premier League. Yes. Because exactly. you know he would be a top-notch, you know, a bit yeah. of pace or a bit of finishing. That's a that's a Premier League player. Yeah. yeah. If he had pace, if he had pace, he would be a Premier League regular. They, they love him. They, the other thing, as I say, is the finishing. They, they can't mirror the, the, the general clever use of space the geometry all of that that he does this with his finishing one of them said his finishing is bizarre for such a class player they they, they feel he could be more clinical he, he's okay until he point until the point of pulling the trigger which i don't remember i think to me that was a form thing i remember when he was on form in that first season particularly he was shooting them in from all angles but i remember his confidence went remember the cup replay against southampton there was one game it was on television i watched it he he burst through and he could have passed the ball drag across. It. He dragged it wide or something. He like dragged it. it. He dragged. He went for a shot when it, where there were players free. And I remember thinking, it did make me open a little bank account on his confidence at the time. So um, I but, thought uh, his shooting was, to be mm. fair, I, well, I think he had a foot injury. And I think he came back and that affected. He couldn't put, I think it was Fulham. It might have been when he came back from Fulham and scored right. on the opening day. I think he did an injury on his foot. Then many couldn't yeah. put as much power in the ball. So his shooting yeah. from that moment on has always been, he's always been one to put, keep it low. Um, he very rarely skies it over the bar. Um, yeah. And maybe it's a common Rich, sorry, I've got to give you an anecdote. What was the name of the snooker hall opposite the football stadium in the Ipswich? Crucible. Oh no, uh, Riley's. Riley's. I was Riley's. playing snooker in Riley's once. I'm not very good at snooker. And there was this young guy who was very, very good. And um, for some reason, he got a bit chippy with us. And he said, but look, you guys can only pot the balls when they're over the pockets. And that sums up McGoldrick's shooting. Look, he'll do all the brilliant build-up stuff. But yeah. if you give him, he, he only really scores easy chances, you know, six yards. And the stupid thing is, is that if you look at the numbers, Billy Sharp is um, superlative in terms yeah. of six-yard box goals. Yeah. So you'd yeah. think it would work out, but... I guess someone's going to ask us: Is he going to score on? <laughs> is he going to score on? I don't think they have right? actually, but no? he's more than likely he's going to know, isn't he? It's just <laughs> someone. I didn't start and Dave predict on the Naked Footy that he'll score twice and then we'll win four two, four two. That's right. <laughs> that sounds like a Statman prediction. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, where do you want to all, start with the rest of the squad then, Harry? Should uh, we keep going we, with we, McGoldrick's partners? Let's, or? Let's, let's, look, let's, let's look up front because I, my reckoning is it'll be. Well, we'll see. He could do the Reading model and start with Washington, but let's look at Sharp because Sharp will feature at some stage, and Sharp would be the one that I would be most worried about, definitely. Um, it's his third time at the club. He was there. He was packed there when Neil Warnock was there in 2004. Then he had a spell when Brian Robson and Kevin Blackwell were managers in the 2007-9 time, and then came back in. What was it 2015? Scored 30 goals, I think, in their promotion season. Loved deeply, deeply loved by them. 83 goals in 100. And, I did. The, I got. The stats on 197 appearances he's a finisher someone has to put the ball in the net which means for now it's sharp plus one other for the most part it's just just what ben was saying a poacher extraordinaire his finishing is why he has to play and then one of them this is a high this is high praise sharp doesn't need chances at times just put him on the pitch and he scores you know goals materialize materialize through his very, very the ball just is dragged towards, yeah. <laughs> exactly indeed yes goals will just manifest themselves it's quite brilliant he does do the work as well they say trying as hard as dropping deep he's never gonna he's never going to 
uh, beat anyone in a straight foot race. One minor point is a, the age thing, which we haven't talked about. And this is going back to the crossroads point. Looking at their most creative players, McGoldrick is, what, 31? Sharp is 32. Leon Clark, we'll talk about in a minute, is 33. And their that most creative... 33. 33. These are the, they're the, that's their creative fulcrum in the side. And that, coupled with what we were saying about Wilder, is why Blades are nervous. They mm. feel that this could, in two seasons' time... This has to this has to change purely, for, purely for because they, also, they, these Harry, players. Just, yeah. just very quickly on Sharp, I've just got his yeah. stats up here. Talking yeah. about burnout in games, let's talk about burnout since August. So I'm looking here, um, August goal, goal, goal. Right, September goal, then two without a goal, then a little splurge towards the end of October, and then really from October he scored a hat trick against Wigan. But he's only scored against... I know we come into these bracket of teams, Rich. No, he's only so scored against... Crap teams. Um, <laughs> only scored against Wigan and came on and got the goal against Reading um, yeah. uh, two games two games back. But And the other thing I'll say... about So it has dried up a little bit in terms of the frequency of games that he scored in. But, Rich, the other thing I'll say is if he doesn't score, it's, it's the classic North Bank Ian Wright comment, righty, all you do is score. If yeah. he doesn't score, you literally won't see him. Yeah. He contribute nothing else. Is at he all. not a bit wily and will he not create space for McGoldrick? Is Maybe he not... five years ago. Right, but, but not anymore. You know, if your defenders are concentrating, no, I, w- I would say. Right. Yeah. Because yeah. Leon Clark just... had a really good season last season. I was, ex- mm. But maybe he's getting on now a bit as well. Yeah, Clark. Clark will be. I'd say Clark will be a bench option if he's if he's there. He's on the bus. He's had a hip injury, and so he's been. He's he's on the way back. Um, he's. And the, the, I think he had a golden half season last right. year. Um, Four I'm not goals so in sh- one game always helps, Harry. <laughs> does boost, boost the numbers, <laughs> yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. Did he score against <laughs> yeah. us? He definitely hit the bar, didn't he, with a crazy volley against us at Primal Lane. It was season. Basham that scored against it us. Basham, yeah. Yeah. Basham, but Leon yeah. Clark, he did a volley mm. from about 30 Beauty, yards out. Beauty, wasn't it? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's, um, yeah, I think, to me... The, the way Clark is describing it's how I remember him and talking to Wolves fans who I know he's 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 he's, he's of all the players they have he's probably the best in the air he's not a, he's not a, a target man but he's got that hold of play dimension yeah athletic athletic striker exactly exactly that um uh, Harry whether... I think Washington has just edged ahead of him since yeah this plan b things come up yeah yeah that's it so Keep an eye on Clark. He might come on. Um, he, they won the, he wins headers. They um, we don't really do without him. Um, but, and he has moments of class. He's, they, they, he's, there is more quality to, with him, but they feel they've had the best of him now. And going on to Washington, as you say, Ben, Washington, he gives them pace. He can push opposition defences deeper, and he is a threat when he goes in behind the defence. Um, he does offer the in behind option, um, though he can drop deep, which th- annoys them. Um, but there are problems. Um, he's unique. I've never seen a player try. <laughs> you know what's coming. <laughs> I've never seen a player try so hard to get a touch of a ball, only to fail time and time again. He needs to show us where, that he knows where the net is, um, and that's the issue. They wonder whether he's a he's a backup plan when they're they're struggling to relieve pressure late on, which actually contradicts what you were, what you were saying about the Reading game. Um, but they, you know, oh yeah, and he can at least cause a bit of mayhem, which is, well, there's always that. Uh, but he, they, we they cause really our own mayhem. We don't need anyone else to help us. They're wondering, they're wondering, Queen's Park Rangers fans said this about him as well. Does he flatter to deceive a bit in terms of his finishing? Is he, is he actually a threat? Um, he's not a threat, Harry. Ben? 
he's not a threat. Yeah. He's a nuisance. Yeah, yeah. Was he the yeah. guy? He was QPR Peterborough. He was linked with us, wasn't he? Yeah. Yes, he was. What's the name yeah. there? Yeah, I'm just. Yeah, Peterborough. Yeah. I'm also yeah. just Mick looking. Would, th- Mick would have loved him, Rich. Right. Hard worker, yeah. presumably. I'm just looking. You mentioned Leon Clark. We've also mentioned McGoldrick. Um, we'll mention more. There is a lot of ex-Coventry in here. Sorry, I just noticed it. It's throughout. Cov Claxon. Honestly, hashtag West Midlands. Although it's Coventry City Council, they gave me a sixty-pound bus lane Ooh. violation fine today. So uh-huh. screw you, Coventry. Uh-huh. No more money in, in the your words city. Of Trey Guard from Nightmare. Ooh, nasty. Nasty. Yeah. yeah. Not happy just before uh, Christmas. Anyway, so screw yeah. you, Coventry City Council. But yeah, lots of yeah. Coventry alumni, including Leon Clark. Um, uh, should we go to the midfield? Should we talk about more yeah. Coventry alumni? Ollie Norwood had a, had a loan spell at Coventry from Man United. Brilliant player. I think we all love Oliver Norwood, don't we? I'm going to say, and I'll get you two's take on this, Timu Puki and Ollie Norwood are the two best signings in the Championship this season. Yeah. I like I it's really hurts to say I really like Pookie. It's got right, a really right. good yeah. course, doesn't he? But yeah, Norwood's had he had a bit of a mixed spell at Fulham and Huddersfield, but honestly he's just turned into the player that I expected him to. Uh, Rich at, at Fulham, you've got Tom Kearney, who's the best playmaker we've seen in the championship for yeah. donkeys years <laughs> ahead of yeah. him. And he was used as a sub. I know people come at you with, oh, he's been promoted two seasons running. But come on, he was nowhere near the the Fulham first team. He was used as a substitute um, and to give Kearney or Johansson or whoever a rest. But he is the main guy, the most important player in that team. And in terms of importance to his team, probably in the league, the most important player to his team because he's the whole um, and he's a bit of a banter footballer as well. He'll, he'll do Try some stuff, stuff where, where you'll just laugh. Yeah. You, you'll be like, "Oh, come on, you're just showing off now." You, you know, <laughs> this isn't a this isn't soccer aid or a testimonial or something. But excellent player, really. champagne passing. What um, what do Blades fans have to say about him, Harry? Yeah, the the Hollywood passing has come up all right. The way there was there were times there was certainly um, comments where he does do things to show that he can do them there was there were a couple of quotes of that nature in their sum up about him um he's the, the, you know controls the game and opens it up with lots of pinging passes and clever touches he can create space in midfield and do it effortlessly he adds creativity um the passes look great when they come off not um of course given his overall position in the squad and this comes back to the midfield balance question he's clearly not a big tackler um, and need somebody beside him who's going to do the ugly stuff. So again, you're looking at how they how they configured the, the centre. A little team because we talked about tiredness earlier. He a few of them mentioned that he might be a player who is who can fade and become sloppy. Not that he lacks industry and effort, but it's just his you know he loses a couple of decimal places on his passing radar if he's if he tires in the game. I don't know whether you'd agree with that, but that might that might be looking to the second half of the West Brom game I'd be interested to see did he diminish in importance um, just as West because in that game uh, Sheffield United for the first half hour completely overwhelmed West Brom all the West Brom forums as well I looked at those everybody was saying the same thing but then the, the, the pendulum swung and West Brom, once West Brom got to, got to grips with Sheffield United the game the pattern of the game did change don't know Ben Harry he just he just reflects what the team is doing so you know like Cole Skews whether you're playing well or badly he's still going to keep popping up and intercept stuff and whatnot whereas Norwood if you're playing badly you 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 won't see him if you're playing well all you'll see is all you'll see is him but um 
Rich, what I'm interested in is um, Harry always talks about balance on here. Yeah. Um, so last year, it was all John Fleck, another Coventry yep. Coventry guy for you. He was he was the main Great guy, job. but um, he seems to have fallen victim to how how good Norwood is. So he's like doing the Jermaine Wright um, um, kind of glue role, and then we're either going to get if he does his plan B. We'll get Lundstrom or Coots, who'll just be legs and a bit more passing. Um, if you're a true football fan, you want to see Duffy because, and to be honest, Rich, I think we have more chance of winning if they pile on and attack us. Yeah. Because I, yeah. I think they leave space. But they, yes, I'd, I'd be interested do. what you two think of um, the balance of the balance of those those three. I think it's excellent. Mm. Harry's like a cold spring. Go on, Harry. Okay. Uh, <laughs> okay. Interesting. Fleck. There, there has been an issue with his form this season. You know, Fleck, their description of him is the player who makes driving runs, links up play well, um, and but he's and he has been combative, but um, flying into tackles, bursting forward with or without the ball. He's, they, they describe him very much as a box-to-box midfielder. Drive, the word drive keeps coming up, but he hasn't, they've no one else, they feel they've no one else like him. And in a way, they're, the sense from listening to what Blades were saying was that Fleck and Norwood actually complemented each other, whereas Coots, in the other hand, when Coots and Norwood are together, they're both sim- they're too similar. At their, the sense of them both being a little bit static. Now, Coots, to be fair, is a very good player, but he is still he had that injury against Burton last November, and they still think he hasn't quite got back to his levels before that. It was a serious, serious injury, um, and he they feel he still needs to build form and com- and confidence. But Coots and Norwood, they don't like definitely. They feel that the, it's it's it 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 they're they're too similar. It, it lacks going back to the balance where they it, they don't complement each other. They're static. It doesn't push. It doesn't take play forward. Um, Duffy, on the other hand, who is more advanced, he would be the, in a three-four-one-two if you could call it that. He would be the one in behind the two strikers. He's a real. I think he was a right winger originally. Um, played for Birmingham. Um, and he's very good at getting into great areas. He's very clever. Um, the only one who looks like creating something. And interestingly, a lot of Sheffield fans were saying he was the player, when he's in form, he's the one who takes him 15 yards further forward up the field. Um, but he doesn't, ha- again, going back to this pace thing we talked about as well, they don't have a lot of pace in the team. And Duffy is another one who, who but he's 34 or 33, whatever, he's a, he, that epitomises that as well. But he does find pockets of, of pace where he can create and make big chances. L- l- Listening to what they were saying, to me, Norwood, Fleck and Duffy is plan A. Coots then would be somebody that you would mix in. Lundstrom is one of, he's, they see him very much as a fringe player who offers physicality and he stops, what was, there was a lovely phrase, they said uh, he's very good against playing against weaker um, opponents. He's very good and he stops teams siding through the midfield. So he would almost be like the the the, 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 the tackler, the, the player in midfield, yeah. the stopper in midfield. There was one lovely thing they said about him. I was I shouldn't we shouldn't really smile at this. Um, I have a soft spot for Lundstrom after he put Jack Grealish six foot under in September. <laughs> <laughs> him <laughs> and every other cl- that's, that's, club in the country. Yeah, <laughs> not, that's not a good thing. That we Jack really Grealish has been fouled <laughs> twenty five times since the start <laughs> of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> No, they, they they think Lundstrom he's a lovely player but is he you know he's playing he's a he, you know he could blow League One apart kind of thing but I, Lundstrom was um just, yeah sorry Harry uh, Lundstrom I thought was their best player at Paul Monroe last season and yeah. he was taken off of about yeah. 65 yeah. 70 minutes I'm kind of thinking yeah. well what's he done Richard, wrong Richard can I come in and say something totally alarming on what Harry has just said um, mm-hmm. 
Right, he's totally right about Duffy because he's a number 10, but he never plays in the number 10 position down the middle. And he's really, really smart. So, um, Sheffield United, West Brom last week, Adarabio right back with Dwight Gale in front of him. Okay. Um, what does Duffy do? Straight over to the side and does all his damage that side. So, you're looking at a number 10 who likes to exploit weak fullbacks. And oh, I would say... No more. He'll, he'll just be keep tail. swapping sides when he's well, But Rich, what he'll do, he'll dribble the ball and uh, either Stevens on the left will just run past him with no intention of taking the ball. He's just going to take the defender and Duffy's then going to go inside with McGoldrick or whoever. Or um, I don't know what Harry thinks uh, with regards Freeman or who's the other right wing back? Um, Harry. Bull, Bulldog. Bulldog. Thank you. Bulldog. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I, yeah, very clever. And I think he's pretty much got free roll. Can go, can go wherever he likes. And Rich, this is why I said um, your best better chance of beating Sheffield United is if they go with Plan A. Because yeah. look at the indulgence they've got. Mm. You've got a piss taker playmaker. You've got David McGoldrick, and you've got a number ten who's allowed to do what the hell he likes. So yeah. that's three players. If they're not, if they're on it, we're getting we're getting battered. But if they're not on it, that's where you. You, you make up your numbers. Sorry, Rich. So ahead. do you counter that? Do you do we soak up pressure and then break quickly? Is that what you're saying? Or well, that's what West what West Brom managed to do in the second half. And look, I know we're talking about Gareth Barry, Jake Livermore, and Matt Phillips, who are excellent players. But they were very good at clogging up the midfield, and they just went. Um, and I know again, you're playing the ball to Harvey Barnes and Dwight Gale, not Freddie Sears and. Gwyn Edwards or um, Island, Jack yeah. Lancaster. Yeah. Um, but, you know, they pile all these guys forward. You have a clever player. Um, you stop them. Excuse it, would have been good in this game. Um, and you just go direct and they will give you a chance. It's just how many of them score up the other end. Mm. Harry, what are you thinking? You're mulling oh, away uh, there. No, I'm uh, brain on fire again. This is brilliant. Um, <laughs> it's Duffy. You're, this is It's frightening when you, the way you describe Duffy because... You know he can start pulling, holding, holding players out of play, out of position, as well as overloading fullbacks, which is not what we want. It really, and that comment about them wanting to come on to us echoes the fact that when they talk about their defenders, they say individually they're all really brilliant, and then they kind of go, "Oh, he's doing a great job. He's doing a great job." But why are we still scoring, conceding so many goals? Because of the model of play that they have means that they're vulnerable to being hit. So you don't need just to be West Brom. You, can, we can't score against them. I'd be confident about that. Um, probably not as many as West. We wouldn't. We obviously wouldn't have West Brom's threat. Um, but they can, they that it is a defence that can be got at. So the idea of them doing what they did against Reading, starting with Washington and keeping it simple and tight, and then bringing on Sharp at the end, that we don't like. But if they go with Plan A and come after us, that we do have a counterpunch. And and, Richard, yeah. here is the complete elephant in the room: Boxing Day, Sheffield United versus Derby at Bramall Lane. And Wilder has clearly taken out Duffy before they've played Leeds and before yeah. they've played West Brom. So yeah. And we talked about the... that on Sunday, didn't we? We talked about teams maybe underestimating us for a start, but also thinking there's a bigger game in and two days' time. Wilder has got big, hairy Yorkshire balls. He won't be scared of taking out his best yeah. number 10 and saying, look, well, we'll beat Ipswich and then I'll use Duffy against... Um, against Derby. Derby and you know what the turnaround's like they're barely even they're barely even going to train in between the yep. yeah. you know if they have the day off on Sunday yeah. they'll come in on uh, Christmas morning or when, whenever we are 23rd mm. or two days 
Um, you, you, so I, I just don't know whether we're going to see the plan B or the or the plan A. All the evidence of the last two months says that the teams are going to come out on Tuesday and you're going to see Washington and Lundstrom, yeah. not Duffy and Sharp. Yeah. Can I just understand? We haven't we haven't talked about systems yet. We usually have a, and I'm and, I, and I'm just trying to figure out whether it's is it a four at the back for a start? No, it's or is it three? No. It's, it's a three, three five um, two. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and we'll talk about that. Quick thing, final word on um, on Duffy. Um, let's talk a bit. Go back to Bielsa. Um, this is this is this is what Leeds um, did a couple of weeks ago. This is how they kill Sheffield United. Leeds pressed us high, meaning that none of our defenders could get up the pitch and overlap. We'll come onto the defence now. With the job Leeds did, man-marking Duffy, and the way they took our defenders out, they got it tactically spot on. That, so that just echoes... But they needed a really dodgy said. goal yeah. at the end to win it, though, yeah. didn't they? But at least they, yeah. they nullified him. Yeah. Um, so, so it's a five-man so midfield, yeah? So, so it's a, no, it's 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 a three. I call it a three-four-one-two with Duffy playing in off the, it, okay. in behind the two. Yeah, that's or a free roll. So a three-four Duffy two, if that makes sense. Okay. Um, that's how they operate. But the defense and this is now let me, let me. This is fun. The the easy bit of the defense in a way is the guy sitting in the middle, which is John Egan. because <laughs> yeah. um, he's the yeah, only one who doesn't cross halfway. Yeah, exactly. He just sits there. And um, Egan, what do we do? Yeah, let's we'll start with Egan, and we when we we'll filter our way out, and we'll come back to Henderson at the end. Um, a safety first defender who clears his lines. Um, he has the majority of taller strikers in his pocket. We have come across this type of man before on this program. A proper warrior, absolutely solid. He struggles against quality pacey forwards. <laughs> you could write this for you know. There's about 15 centre-backs scuttling around in the championship. You'd love to put them all in one team and just watch what happens. It would be bizarre. Um, so a good stopper, but he's too negative. You know, he kind of, he'll, he'll roll a five-yard pass to somebody else. Though a few of them did say against the weaker teams, against Bolton, there was a little touch of the, a, li- a little touch of the imagination, imagination about him. He was, he was coming out with it, but essentially he's Harry, quite though, safe. Norwood yeah. is Norwood is quite happy to come Stand yeah. two yards beside him and take the ball off him. Yeah, though. yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, Plan B. Just a quick mention of a former town player, Richard Stearman, um, because he is. Even though he may not play, if he was to appear, um, Sheffield United fans would be very happy. They like him. They feel it's a pity with Egan there. Stearman isn't getting a look in, and if they ever switch to a back four with him and him, those two together would be fantastic. That's an More interesting evolution than... in moving into centre back. I always saw him as a right back bombing on, but yeah. he's obviously yeah. got height. <coughs> Smart footballer yeah. as well. Yeah, good in the air on the ball. Very better natural footballer, obviously, than Egan. This is obvious stuff. Um, rock solid replacement, basically. Worth mentioning him though, but they do miss if he if he comes on, they miss Egan's headers and crunching tackles. You know, which is what we like. So now the interesting bit for me is the centre, the, the the two centre backs either side of Egan, because these guys don't sit. These guys, these guys go. They, in a way, I think they're more of an attacking threat than the actual wing backs themselves. You've got Chris Basham on the right, and you've got Jack O'Connell on the left. Basham, they love. They Basham is hilarious, Basham. Harry. Yeah, he's yeah. funnier than Heffalay mm. for um, Forrest. Forrest, now, yeah. I've got a great line here. Sometimes he's a bomb scare, and then sometimes we, and it gets better. Sometimes we see Basham Bauer. I Ooh. saw Basham do a step over against West Brom. Wow. That's Talking about Heffalo, from, from, from a centre back. Go on, yeah, go I on, just want to say you went, you were at the um, Derby Forest game. Heffalo rugby tackled someone oh, to the game. Was it Marion? Rugby tackled really, Marion. You guys, Rich, you guys had Forest so right. I've not seen 
more bastardry in a in a team in the championship, which probably means get your money on them if they get in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, <coughs> bastard oh, yeah. their way through that. Sorry, yeah. it's set off. Mm. Three at the back, Sheffield United. Yeah, O'Connell. So, so, so Bash and Barrow, they love, they absolutely love all ash, all action, athletic, making tackles and getting up and down. Um, uh, the first man na- name on my t-shirt, they just adore him. He's a massive at both ends of the pitch. He drives us forward and wins 50-50s all over the place, making clearances and tackles. And um, sometimes though, when he gets to the, when he gets into the danger zone, a little bit of nosebleed. They say never quite sure. Sometimes he'll play it safe. You know, instead of actually going forward and then actually going again, doing a George Weah and just kind of marauding all uh, the way. Harry, up the field. Harry, you, yeah. He's it. not Adam Webster. You have to call his bluff. This is yeah. this is this is a guy yeah. being asked to do this, who is yeah. you know trying very manfully. But it, it's just the um, it's it's the um, the sheer theatre of all of it. Seeing this big dude just <laughs> bombing up the pitch. He's, you know, if it. you if you call his bluff, you, yeah. you know you can exploit him. But you could, again, you've got to concentrate and reach the preview show last year. We had um, uh, Mark the Blade on said this, and then what happens in the game? Basham up the pitch, yeah. Fleck cross, and he heads it in. He told us exactly what was going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Tell us about um, Jack O'Connell. <clears throat> O'Connell on the other side. He's on the left side. Steady defender. He's um, defensively rock solid. Um, they, they, he still gets up the field, overlaps, beats his man, whips quality balls into the... Uh, this is a lovely line, actually. The, and A centre-half who overlaps beats his man and whips quality balls into the box. If that doesn't sum up our current team, I don't know what does. Because that's what they do. The attacking threat can often, if it's not coming from the midfield, it will come from deep. And they can overload, they can, they can create the overloads. They can create, they can unbalance defences by doing this. Um, they did say he struggled at times with West Brom's pace and running. I don't know, Ben, if you have any view on that. But um, he, they felt that against the really high quality players, opponents that um, he summed up the difference between United and the real big hitters in the league he's good but so good as far as he goes um, they really like him but, but he's he's consistent but he doesn't have the he doesn't have the madness of Basham but also he doesn't necessarily <laughs> have the have the quality that would necessarily um, sort of take you up a level maybe you don't need that but um, but they but reliable would be the word I'd use I don't know if you'd Anything to add on that? Yeah, um, I, I would. I would agree. I, I think O'Connell could play where where um, Egan is playing. And all all I would say yeah. on what you said about West Brom is, um, mm. it's not the best barometer of judging a defender because right. there's going to be yeah. all the all the Leeds defenders were looking bewildered whilst West Brom ran off to yeah. celebrate. And there's going to be a lot of teams that get caught <coughs> out by their red arrows yeah. style attack, Rich. Yeah. Are we so we've got. Three centre backs who like to maraud, and we yeah. got two wing backs as well. Then who like to maraud as well. Now, now, now shoot me down in flames here, Ben. This the thing. What I the thing I have the problem I have with the wing backs is that they seem to be full backs, and they're not necessarily in two cases anyway. They're not necessarily. The centre-backs seem to be a bigger threat. Um, Enda Stevens, who we remember from, he played for Portsmouth against us in the Cup game a few years ago. Left-sided, um, one of our better players sticking to his defensive duties. He gets forward, but his crossing isn't great. He'll often pull back soft and weak crosses. Very, very left-footed, which actually they say makes him actually quite easy to defend against. You can just keep showing him onto his right, and they they compare their own right-footed abilities with Ender Stevens's and Stevens comes out badly um, and it because it diminishes his, his attacking threat. Again, one of these players, good up to the level, what we talked about earlier, what Ben talked about earlier in the show, good up to championship level, but not necessarily the really lethal threat, you know, given where they are sitting in the table at the moment. Um, he has the physical ability to get up and down all game, but is unsure at times what to do. 
Um, so that's Stevens. Now, the, on the right side, you've got two players. You've got Baldock and Freeman. And Freeman suits Wilder's style of football more than Baldock. He's more attacking, but just as equally, he's more vulnerable defensively. And he's been hammered recently. for He's been, he's been fingered for some of the actual... Um, one it's for for specific goals that they have conceded where he's he's let his man run inside him um he one of them said Baldock has been pretty invisible since coming back but at least he's not conceding a goal every game like Freeman he lets the ball run past him to attackers who are in on goal um he's currently they think it's a dip, a dip in form because they know he's capable of so much more um and he you know shots from his side and crosses from his side are costing us goals Baldock however instead is an out and out right back a good honest pro solid defensively but he simply he, going forward, he offers nothing. He, there's no end product with him. But he, you know, as you say, he'll do this mirage of an overlapping run. And the trick is, can you? You can't really let him go, but you can kind of factor in that maybe he may not be the big threat. That you know, um, compared to Duffy, who's kind of you know, who, who who could cause the who could cause the problem. He isn't a bad player, but he is a full back. He has a bit of place and a few tricks, but he cannot. He can keep a shot down, but he doesn't cross. And I don't know why. So, and one other point they made about Baldock, and I don't know if you picked up on this, Ben, he can end up drifting inside in the final third, which often then means they can get done on the counter. So he's a wing back who goes forward, and because he's not, he's out of his comfort zone, he will suddenly get, he'll chase the play in and get dra- dragged in towards the number ten position, leaving a wide open space at the back that then has to be covered elsewhere. So I'm more worried about the, the centre backs than I actually am about the wing backs. And going back to what we said at the start, um, Ender Stevens <coughs> and. Bulldog are League One players or coming through, yeah. isn't it? Bulldog's M- yeah. MK Dons, and you mentioned Ender Stevens Portsmouth. So again, maybe Ben, would you suggest that those would be viable transfer targets for Wider if he gets money yeah, in the window? Yeah. Um, yeah, lot to unpack in what Harry said. As, oh. as always, I just sit um, back and watch this. It's I just... um, I get the impression that um, again, I I used the term earlier nuisance over threat i bet they're asked and you summed it up rich they're both um league one players um i bet they're asked look you have to run 12 kilometers a game you need to be a nuisance up there um but you're totally right and if you saw that amazon thing with um man city and you see pep guardiola telling kyle walker no the danger's not there now the danger's it come inside and Mm. um so, I, I, yes, I agree the, the centre-halves are a bigger danger because it's more unpredictable and they're in a more dangerous area. I just <coughs> genuinely think those wing-backs are told, you know, up and down, don't lose your guy and be a nuisance up front. And totally, totally, if Ender Stevens could cross, they would have been 3-0 up against West Brom in the game I oh, saw yeah. last week. Um, yeah. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like home comforts. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage with Mook Delivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 
Blue Monday are delighted to be partnered with TalkSport Fan Network and NordVPN, giving you the best possible offering for browsing the internet securely. NordVPN opens up global streaming options for content not available in your region by switching your virtual location quicker than Wesburn's running down the wing. NordVPN acts like your cyber Sam Morsey whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like passwords and credit card details from falling into the wrong hands. For about the price of an ITFC match program a month or a Blue Monday Telegram subscription, you can get yourself a NordVPN account which can be used across six different devices. If you need to rapidly change direction like Amari Hutchinson, there's a 30-day money-back guarantee. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Blue Monday or click the link in the podcast or YouTube subscription to be taken straight there, supporting us here at Blue Monday in the process. Uh, because, you know, a lot of the chances, you know, Duffy's played him in and he's got no, Dave would say, he's got no end product. You know, yeah. um, I can't do Dave's accent without yeah. going slipping into Mockney. Um, what I will say is this comes completely full circle to the very first thing we said about Wilder because um, we saw the guy that Wilder needs playing for Wigan last week and he belongs to Chelsea. That level of player, uh, yes. yeah. James, would be James. perfect because, yeah. you know, he'd, what, if he's playing for Sheffield United, he'd get combined goals and assists would be over 10, wouldn't they? Yeah. From, yeah. From, from a, a great shot. But, yeah. but yeah. Where, where, you know, where, where can you buy... I know we were very lucky with, with, with someone like Jamie Clapham who was... You know who could do, who could run, you know, be a middle distance runner, and then could cross and take free kicks and stuff. But this is Sheffield United. They were promoted last season, and all their money was raised by selling a guy to Bournemouth for five million. You know, yeah. there's only so much Wilder can do in an ideal world. Yeah, you you have Rich, you have a player who can join in the attacks. But yes, I think the main threat watch watch Stevens now go down the left and play a pinpoint perfect <laughs> cross on Saturday but yeah I I sensed a a bit of a lack of quality and um but but I love it because the philosophy comes first he doesn't say boot it down the line he says no get get down there and try your best to do it try your hardest let's yeah, um, go on son. <laughs> let's just um I'm just looking at the clock guys we could be here all Christmas if we uh, sorry to see. Um, no no it's, it's, it's really great stuff um, I just wanted to talk about the keepers yeah. quickly Harry and then we'll kind of do a bit of a summing up <coughs> brief briefly on Dean Henderson um Pro, uh, yeah, at, he, pl- he played for Paul Hurst Shrewsbury last season, um, and he was he, he's on loan. On loan, that is, he's on loan from Manchester United. Quite young. This is his first season in the in the Championship. They like him. They'd buy him in the morning if they could. There was one screw up against Leeds between him and John Egan. I think that was that. But but that is the exception. Um, and one of them said, "Criticize Henderson? Not for me." Um, a good. They love his agility, and they love the way. I always think the way you say keepers are good shot stoppers the way defenders are good tacklers if you know what I mean that's their bread and butter but the way uh, when a centre half sometimes like Tyrone Mings used to do he'd put in a brilliant tackle and just flatten the opponent legally sometimes a good shot stopper can actually get the crowd excited just as equally and I think Henderson falls into this category he can be quite theatrical in the saves so you know not just one for the camera but actually really good saves as well I don't know one of them I'd be interested Ben if you can just spool back in your memory on this one they were saying that he 
some of if you you have to see his saves live because they look fantastic, even better than on the camera. So um, it's it's just it's just just reflect on that for a second. But um, they they really really love him. Um, he's also got a great rapport with the fans. He's making saves he shouldn't be making. Small minor criticisms, lack of experience, possibly still claiming crosses and controlling his area is work in progress. But I'm not sure it's necessarily you know, sort of Flynn Downs drilling corners into the six-yard box territory. That's the only thing I'd say. But he's, but Henderson generally, he he's fun. He's not. He's not like what was it, old Nyland, the Aston Villa keeper who we yeah. loved. Um, we're not in that. We're not in that level. I'm afraid. Yeah. So he was in nets for the Leeds yeah. game though. Yeah. So it was his mistake for the. It was. Yeah. It was. Yeah. yeah. That was yeah. an out. Rich. That was an outlier though. Yeah. Um. Agree yeah. with yeah. Harry. Henderson's very good. First thing I ever saw him do was save a penalty at Reading, uh, Wembley, Reading, uh, Wembley for Paul Hurst's. Uh, Rotherham. Yeah. Did see him make one mistake in the in the games. Um, Stoke scored a free kick and Joe Allen did him. He faked to cross it, curled yeah. it round the wall. And um, but I think he's very good. Can I just get a thought? It's the second season in a row. I'm off the top of my head. It might be more where they've added lonely goalkeeper. Have we got yeah, any Jamal thoughts on Blackman. that? It was Blackman last season. I, yeah. I like it as I like it as a model. Um, if you remember when Newcastle were were de rigueur and doing the money ball thing and. Um, uh, the car bloke was signing all the guys for nothing from France. They said people undervalue goalkeepers, and I like I like the idea of and look where Sam Johnston's um, gone. He went on loan to Villa, Villa and he's yep. probably got a nice cushy contract there at West Brom and a and a, yep. a big transfer fee. There, I I like it as a model, and perhaps um, we might need to do it in the next <laughs> couple of seasons, possibly. Maybe we'll oh. see. Gentlemen, that was, um, again, I have the easiest job of all of the Blue Monday team. I just sit here and listen to the um, the guys who know their stuff talk about that. It was really fascinating. We've got one more bit on Sheffield United before we do the questions, which is um, our mate Daryl um, does a combined 11 for us. So I'd be interested to get your thoughts on this. Um, am I right? He's got Richard Wright in goal. Have I missed that one? Was there a loan has- spell there? There must have been a loan spell. I didn't look. I didn't double check that one. I double checked a few of the others, but because yeah. goalies in this in this game can be very hard to find, so I kind of got well. If he's, if Richard Wright was there, he might have visited Sheffield. I don't knows. want to doubt uh, Daryl's yeah, credibility. We'll, we'll, we'll have it. We'll have it. Maybe Thank when he was you. at Everton. Yeah. Um, Lee Tibbet is the left back. Is that a name that rings no, any bells for you guys? Le- I think I think it's a, it's a typo. It's Les Tibbet. I think Les he played. Tibbet. He played against Cardiff in the first round of the 1978 FA Cup game. On the first round, the third round of the FA Cup, the first game of our FA Cup winning run, and he was at the club from '73 to '79. I think then he switched. Richard Rovers. Um, I don't think he played. In the, I don't know if he played in the Rovers game. I know he played in the Cardiff game because I have the program. And I, I looked. Sorry, I, sorry. That came. Uh, that that needed. That was that was checked. Um, but uh, so he's. But he's of that era. So, but I mean, you know, he didn't. Obviously, given what who else was there at the time, I think he might have played for Wales a few times as well. So he's he was Welsh in background, but he was he was he was a squad player in the club then. Um, more interestingly, on the right, do you want to you run through the team? <laughs> well, you run through the team. I'm, I could have said the two centre backs are interesting. I'd have, yeah, so yeah. the next centre back is Jane McEverly, who I probably yeah. would have put left back actually, because um, yeah. he's got Higginbotham and Carter Vickers don't even make the team. So yeah. there's thoughts there. Um, the other centre back um, from the Battle of West Brom, George Santos, <laughs> um, yeah. makes it. And our friend from that last week got some play this couple of weeks. Yeah, is it the anniversary of it or something? Uh, it's twenty years ago. Is yeah. It? That was funny. Um, we mentioned him last week against yep. Sheffield United, I think, in the FA Cup. Mm. Gus Ullenby makes a return mm. to yep. cross the ball over the stand. Um, <laughs> yeah. 
the, the, the midfield. Go for the midfield. The midfield yeah. is proper ropey. It's a four. We've, it's a four-three-three. Three. Yeah. Alan, so Alan Quinn, who's solid. Alan, Alan Quinn. Alan Quinn is solid. Then it gets interesting. Yeah. Simon yeah. Walton, who's good for a red card. Yeah. Billy Clark <laughs> as a midfielder, I think, is That's pushing it a little bit. It is, yeah. We've got no midfield, basically. These no. teams, I described them, I loved our teams. There's a touch of Paul Jewell about them in that they're completely unbalanced and you've no control who, over who you're going to bring in. It's probably, you know, it's kind of, it's be- bewildering, it's, be- it's kind of, at one stage, it's bewilderingly exciting. And then at the other side, it's kind of a nervous breakdown country. So, yeah, as I say, you've got Quinn, Walton and Billy Clark, possibly playmaker or who knows, sitting in there. And then the strikers. Yeah, so the strikers, we've got Marcus Bent, um, David McGoldrick um, and David Johnson had a loan spell there at, at one point, presumably yes, from Forest. Yeah. So that is, yeah. I mean, Very just good. bypass the midfield. <laughs> yeah. Just get, yeah, along. Ball, get the ball into the final third, Rich. Absolutely fine. right. Yeah. yeah. So there you go. Uh, so who was the team where it was where he gave us a five-four-one? Um, you need to play that team <laughs> against that team. That would be interesting. Yeah, right. Attacking defence. It'd be, it'd be, it'd be 505. There'd be nothing in the midfield. It'd be sort of a wasteland. <laughs> it'd be so well, we'll get, we'll get um, oh, Daryl tweet, to tweet that out. Thank you again, Daryl, for that. Yeah. We, we probably we missed loved... a really obvious one. We missed some obvious ones for Wigan, I think, but um, yeah. that's part of the fun. So thank you, Daryl, for that. Yeah. Any thoughts yeah. on that one, Ben? Um, no, I was just hoping he'd, he'd have he'd have Jono up front. So yeah. big mm. tick from me, Daryl. Thank you, yeah, as always, for, uh, for your involvement. Um, Let's do some questions, shall we? Um, <laughs> I'll start with this one from Steve Thompson. I don't know if this is consumer advice or something about Sheffield United in Yorkshire. Um, should you have Yorkshire puddings with Christmas dinner? Yes. Oh, yes. No question. What? Yeah. Uh, right, I'm in the minority. I'm going to be quiet. Um, uh, Craig. Uh, Craig. <laughs> fi- yeah, sorry. I I'll let that one linger a little bit, shall I? Absolutely. Uh, I think me along... I'm hoping that the rest of the, um, the podcast yeah. land will... Um, yeah. Query Yorkshire puddings at Christmas dinner, but anyway. it's great. It's great, it's great having Ben on the show. This is brilliant. Oh yeah, got allies now. It's nerd fest, isn't it? Bloody hell. <laughs> um, Craig, Fim seventy five. What is happening with Harrison? And um, seemingly the f- perfect fit for Paul Lambert's formation style. Has a decent ten to fifteen minute cameo at Stoke, pushing it a little bit. Um, and then Lambert confirmed his admission from the X squad wasn't related to fitness. Got to be a better option than Robert, surely. Any? Do we know? Any, is there anything we're missing there about Harrison? Either of you guys, you've got both. I, I haven't heard the conference today, so I'll push that one back <coughs> to you guys. Um, I don't think there was anything majorly. There wasn't any detail on it. I, I don't know it, if it's not fitness. It's got to be. It's either quality or the balance of the team. And he feels that Roberts can do a better job up there, sort of bouncing against the defenders and being a nuisance, as Ben said brilliantly. That that that. It, it's it's more that than necessarily a threat, yeah. and maybe maybe so coming you get, on. Though, you just get the nuisance yeah. fact. You don't get. Yeah. So yeah, we'll see about that one. On the strikers as well, um, the barley Actually, weasel. Oh, go on. No, just a quick thing. With so many games coming up in such a short space of time, I think we'll flush out his real thoughts on Harrison. Because if you reckon, you know, with so many games coming, how much he features will actually calibrate just where he sits in the scheme, in the wider scheme of things. My sense is, if we get some experienced strikers in, Harrison would be a plausible bench option, but he, obviously not at the moment for some for whatever reason um, to come in regularly. We'll, we'll get a better, we'll get a better, more accurate sense of that over the next two weeks. I would have thought. Well, yeah. it's a perfect yeah. segue to the question from the Barley Weasel. Yeah. Um, just to say it again, um, do yeah. you think we'll find a use for Caden Jackson, or is he destined to go in January? What do you think on Jackson, um, Ben? I, I will say, I don't. 
if I'm a striker, I want to play against Lynch and Leisner for QPR next week, if I was Jackson. Um, but well, what, what do you think, Rich? I, I'm not sure that this kind of knocking it into the channels for him to run onto it works. Um, I think we just need to hold on, hold on for January and get better, better strikers. And I think Jackson is yeah. a good option if the worst would happen, we were to go down. I just, he's, I mean, he's got. I guess he's got a handful of goals, only three or four goals, so he can do it. But I just don't think we play to his strengths, and I don't think he's up to the standard yet. Similar to Roberts, probably a bit better yeah. than Roberts, but. Still sure finding his way. Against Accrington, though, weren't he? <laughs> sure. <I> hope. <laughs> and that that's the thing. rules, isn't it? Yeah. yeah well, if McGoldrick's going to still score on Saturday, then yeah. That's exactly. The, there you go. There's the theory. Our, blister, our, our blistering cup run to the fourth round. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Better than anything that Mick McCarthy made, though, eh? Um, Mrs. Nuts. What is, what is this strange land? Yes. Oh, goodness <laughs> me. The second, the fourth round draw. What do we do with ourselves? Um, Chris Wilder asked his team if they are contenders or pretenders. What do we think? Let's have a one one from each of you on that one. Contenders or pretenders? A very admirable, because I love them, but pretenders. Harry? Ditto. Ditto. Absolutely. Yeah. Admirable pretenders. I don't... Look at that Look at that top eight. And I was going to say, you you gave us your yeah. list last week, and they, them yeah. and, of, and Norwich weren't part of that list. No, so. no I, don't, I don't see it. Um, mm. uh, mullet, I might mullet. Um, does Lambert have it in him to pick a rotated team for the hardest game over this period? Um, QPR currently sixth in the form table over the last ten games. Should that be the write-off game? Uh, the game we write off, sorry, for naught points and hope to take something from the others. Um, we'll talk. We'll come back and talk a little about about these games. But do you think we'll rotate, or do you think Lambert will keep going full guns blazing as he has so far? Um, I don't profess to be as intelligent as Muller. I'm not, but I don't think QPR is the hardest uh, no. game of the three. So I think there's a flaw in the question. That's the one. I think Borough's the toughest, do. isn't it? Yeah. I think Burrow's the shocking toughest. record up there. Um, mm. Yeah, uh, QPR have been in excellent form. If you remove the first four games <laughs> of the yeah. season, you know their their stats are absolutely absolutely yeah. brilliant. But um, I that's where I was seeing um, some points. But to the in the spirit of the question, um, without disagreeing with its content, no, I think he's going to go full pelt um, at the Sheffield United game, try and get something, and then see where he is after that. Yeah, Harry. Yeah, I'd agree. I, th- I think QPR are so classically mid-table. They beat Borough. Um, they've also recently beaten Aston Villa, um, but then they've lost to Hull. <laughs> they, but give them if they if you'd offered them mid-table four or five months ago, they'd have hooked you for it. Thank you very much. Yeah. Given the financial stuff that they're washing through the system this year, stability and a mid-table finish. Thank you. We'll have that. Um, so no, and they, as we were saying, Lynch and Leisner. Um, oh, I'd, I'd fancy our chances against that back pairing definitely. Wells though has come into form anyway. Yeah. And McLaren, mm. much maligned, but actually probably yeah. a decent appointment in the end, given where they were, they were destined or they were predicted for relegation this season. So, Rich, where would we be if we'd hired him in the summer? I would have had him. I would have had <laughs> McLaren. I'm not going to lie. I'm, I would have yeah. been happy with that. So, I don't think mm. we'd be bottom. We may or may not be that far above, but um, Condor, we've talked about Bart um, and yeah, and Loneys. Um, so let's, let's just quickly drill into this. I love Bart, but do we need a third keeper in, possibly on loan, or does Harry Wright fill that void? And then Daryl lads, should we cash in? Um, thoughts on a third keeper or thoughts on this possible better keeper on loan? I, don't, I guess it's not something we need to do something about 
until the summer perhaps but in terms of January do we need someone better on loan or can Harry Wright do that push Gherkin and Bart Harry it's if you'd asked me five months ago, I would have said you need your head examined if we needed to <laughs> strengthen our goalkeeping position. Now, I just don't know. I really don't. I could, I wouldn't be surprised if somebody did come in. I think it's unlikely. I think he'll work with what he's got and work on building their confidence. Because Dean, Dean, apart from that rick against Queen's Park Rangers, he might actually want to go out and prove a point against them, play out of his skin um, on Boxing Day. But um, I, 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 I would be very surprised if somebody did come in, but I wouldn't be shocked. Um, I, I, I'm sort of fudging the answer. I, it was unthinkable, as I say, over the summer that we would have needed a, we would have needed to strengthen the keepers department. But it, it seems that they have both gone backwards. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Gherkin's okay, isn't he, Ben? Yeah, yeah. I, um, I mean, the every week we get the question on the flagship: Where do you strengthen? If it's got to be number one priority, has got to be a, a forward of some. Yeah experience way over uh, and I, I think the way Lambert has spoken um, you know at Forest you you both at Forest weren't you I think um, yeah. Harry Wright was really involved in all the all the warm-up stuff doing all the shooting drills and stuff so those are his those are his three goalies and we just got a hope that between Bart and Gherkin there's um, you know a passable performance in goal between now and the now and the rest of the season but yeah. as Harry keeps saying sorry Rich I know it's a long answer as Harry keeps saying all the terror comes from what's going on in front of him and if that stabilizes yeah. I think the situation in goal works out better well let's yeah. let's just talk about that then um and another player that might um be um well that might be off in January um uh, Ken Lott was on the bench last week do you think he'll be introduced over the Christmas period as the club seems to be happy to uh, for Nudson to go in January that's from Brad Archer well, assuming that Brad is right, that they are happy with Nudson, knowing what we know about Nudson's temperament, he will be saying, look, if I go, I'm going to be professional until the last I want to play every minute and then you sell me. So I don't think if I think we see Kenlock if if and when Nudson goes. But I think knowing what I think we know about Nudson's um, psychology, that he'll want to he'll have, he'll have that kind of man to man alpha male chat with Paul Lambert saying, Look, I'll do whatever you want me to do, but don't take me out of the team. Um, if and if you if you sell me, we shake hands and off we go. Harry, yeah, that, 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 but that's it. I totally agree with Ben on that. I'd love to see Kenlock come in. I've I've always rated him. I think he has an attacking side to his game. You know, he can he can maraud up the up the left. Um, but I, I I agree with Ben. Um, for what it's worth, I was sitting on the touchline very close to really right beside it was when we were in row one I could have been any closer to the halfway line I got I got in at Stoke and I got to watch him close up and I must confess I didn't I, I just sensed a man playing the percentages and that's very cynical but um, he was very professional did everything he needed to do but I just felt he was he was managing himself very carefully through that game but as I say I, I apologise if I'm wrong on that but that, that's how uh, it's Harry right. that's I, how I, I saw exactly yeah. the same I had the mirror yeah. image with Derek were at Forest and I felt the yeah. same thing yeah yeah let's see I'd have no problem seeing Kenlock over Christmas. I'll just lob that in there. Um, yeah. What we shall see. Um, Dimitris, um, this is one for you, Harry, I think. Um, you usually find a where-are-they-now player on the opposing team. I was wondering if you could try this on the current ITFC squad. Would we have one? <laughs> We're kind of lacking God. those kind of championship names, aren't we? That um, Didn't Freddie Sears score very, very early in his career? 
and make some headlines for or for West Ham. He was yeah, sixteen-year-old goal scorer for West Ham, wasn't he? I think. He was. That's that right. He blasted onto, onto the scene, and then he went, and then he because I have a couple of West Ham friends, and they they speak with great affection about him. Um, I'm just looking down the squad list here now that the question's been asked. I mean, some people I, I can't say, you know, there's um, Emmer Hughes. I'm just looking to see the list of players who Tom Tom who's the number twenty four. Tom Tom Adiemi, this he's he's there. Um, yeah, D- Tom Adiemi, he's he's in the squad, so there's possibly him. I don't know. It's a good question. They'd be the. I have to say, they'd be the two. If I was going into the Ipswich forum to say, well, what's the you know who you know who um who is there, who isn't there, they'd be the kind of oh they've got them. That's you know that that they'd be the two names that would leap out for me. Yeah. Um. We've got some really great questions here, guys. Thank you so much for all of these. Um, a lot of them are, are stuff that we've dealt with on Sunday um, or yeah. a few old chestnuts. Um, so uh, let's end on a good one um, from Tim Pashley. I'll make Tim Pashley. Um, do you think Nolan can deliver this Christmas or should I rely on Rudolph? <laughs> um, we, I'm starting to get... I'm on in the um, pro-Nolan camp, if such a camp exists. Um Ben, what's your thoughts on Nolan? Is he going to grow into a regular starter for us or is he a stopgap, another stopgap maybe to January? I am also hashtag pro Nolo. As, mm. as, as Dave would say, he's fundamentally sound and neat and tidy. And um, yeah, yeah I, think he can, I think he can do something. So uh, uh, pending um, us getting Raquel May or someone in the <laughs> January transfer window. <laughs> Lundstrom. I'll have Lundstrom. Let's get him. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Harry, what's your, have you seen Nolan just anything, recently? I've seen, I've, I've seen, no, I've, I, saw, I saw him. Stoke. In, yes, uh, he's, where would I, I'd be interested to see. I saw him in Poundland, he was working at Tills. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who knows what the future holds. No, um, I think with Nolan, I think I, I'd love to see him with a really decent striker to play to direct as a foil because we just we just haven't seen that all season I think that will answer the question for me now yeah I don't think he's the number 10 that he that Hurst is playing him definitely um, and no. in terms of your question Tim um, if you're looking for someone to deliver I guess it depends what you're del- if you're looking to deliver Christmas presents I would probably rely on Rudolph there you go I'm giving Rich, a question you got, you got to just get Amazon Prime for one month Amazon you? Prime brilliant yeah the trial free trial was yeah probably a bit too late with people are hearing this now but yeah maybe next year um, mm. let's just quickly before we um, close out let's just talk QPR Borough Millwall um, are we um, Sheffield United are we thinking <coughs> draw or defeat if we're being bluntly honest what do we think points tally wise of those four games um, I agree with Dave on the flagship if, if we were to get three points from those three games and go to uh, go to January it, like and preferably beat one of them. I would happily take, I don't know, lose to the Blades, beat Rangers and lose to, uh, given what's come before. It'd just be good for us to get another win. Um, and look, I, I can hopefully see one coming against Millwall. And then if, yeah. you, look, if you look at January, Rich, Millwall, Accrington, um, Blackburn away, is Blackburn, it? Then Rotherham at yeah. home. And the club, well done. Ticket, ticket 12 thing quid again. Get, it? Yeah. get people in the ground for Rotherham. Yeah. Half you, price. you can get some results. Let's just see this out without it becoming too horrible. Let's be competitive in all the games. And if there was a win in any of those three games, I'd be well chuffed. Yep. Yeah. Harry? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd agree. I was, I was just looking at down here. I had a sort of scruffy 
calculations, a point from Sheffield, possibly a point from Queen's Park Rangers, lose at Borough and beat Millwall. That's five. That's that. It's that differential, just keeping us in touch, keeping us within five or six points of danger of safety, I should say, and then and then let's see what cavalry comes over the hill. Mark. And Richard, just very mm. quickly, you guys were bang on last week about the how Harry said the elasticity of the table, given yeah. given the streaks that Norwich and Leeds, and they're going to pull West Brom, Forest, yeah. Derby, whoever with them. And we we had it brought up just how the bottom six stink completely terribly how Rotherham yeah. can win one in 13 and still be not near yeah. how Hull can be good for six weeks and zoom off into the distance it's so so bad down there you yeah. know 15 points in eight games for Hull and they almost look home and hose don't yeah. they yeah. and I think yeah. this weekend certainly there are some top teams playing bottom teams and I think during Christmas there are bottom teams playing bottom teams so there is only a certain number of points that the teams around us can actually get over Christmas yeah. and, as well and Rich Mick Mills who's ever wise says when crap teams play each other you want them to draw so only two of the three points go into the ether while yeah. we've been so terrible it has worked out all right because only two points have ever all these you know Reading and Rotherham yeah. drawing and you know look at look at look at who scored look at the colour of the bottom of the league it's all grey and red yeah or whatever colour they use for yeah. draws and on, on draws and table. defeats nobody is winning and we could be miles adrift um, if it hadn't been so terrible down there so yeah. um, there is still hope but I know it's going to get brought up I have been watching that <laughs> Sunderland documentary yeah I don't want to yeah it was Adam the wasn't parallels it parallels are horribly uncannily similar so let's yeah. just have that as a warning yeah absolutely right well um gentlemen thank you again that was really great fun um a long one as well so hopefully plenty of christmas enjoyment for everyone there um ben do you want to quickly do your plugs your twitter and the sunday yeah, show so at benjamin bloom on twitter gonna be at the ipswich game also gonna be at villa leeds on sunday which should be a tasty game really oh, really tasty really looking forward to seeing Pablo Hernandez game. as well because he is playing beautifully um, obviously um, you know Rich normally does this but follow the channel at Blue Monday ITFC support and um, while I'm on here I can give the commendation for this absolutely brilliant show that you two guys do every week which has been so so popular all season and of course February the 6th, 6th February the 16th Blue Monday um, live at the Curve Bar eventbrite.co.uk this is an easy Christmas present you could do this at 11.50 on Christmas Eve bang it in print off print the ticket up, yeah. stick it in an envelope although I think our audience is 99.2% male and you'd be looking at probably the, the, the wife in the relationship to buy that for the husband but buy it for your wife take her along you know, Valentine's take it to the match. Dave Weekend, isn't it? You know, Blue Monday Live, Rich. <laughs> Eventbrite.co.uk. We shall all be there, and Harry will be there as well. Um, Harry, do you want to do your plugs? Also, this yep. is probably the last time we'll be on a show before Christmas. So, any yep. Christmas messages for anyone as well? Just keep the faith, everybody. Enjoy the Christmas program, whatever comes. There's a series of interesting games from which we can glean some points, and I just wish everybody the happiest, happiest of Christmases. Um, um, my tw tw Twitter handle at Harry from Bath. The preview notes will go up on TWTD for a Sheffield you know, uh, for the Sheffield game on Friday lunchtime, and the ones for the QPR Boxing Day game will be up on Christmas Eve. We always They'll get be them out up in hardback edition yeah. by <laughs> <laughs> for ten pounds ninety nine. Yeah. 
<laughs> from all good bookshops. Rich, Rich, I need you to pray for me because I'm going to the QPR game, but I'm actually going with a guy, some character called Benjamin Bloom. I'm dreading oh, it. Man. God knows what that is. Apparently, he just, like. just doesn't shut up, Harry. Oh, that's I'm, if, if the, Rich, if the YouTube up. comments are in anything to go by, he's an absolute arsehole. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's the nicest of what I've heard, Ben. Oh, <laughs> right. Oh. Christmas cheer, eh? <laughs> Harry, thank you for that. Thank you for um, and and all your hard work as usual. Um, and thank you for a great half season so far as well. It's been great fun for me. Um, thank you for all the tweets and all the questions we get week after week. Um, have a really great Christmas, everyone. Look after yourselves. Look after each other. And who knows? Come January, maybe things will look much nicer, and we'll be back for Accrington, won't we? And maybe a cup run. So, Merry Christmas, um, and here's to a great 2019 as well. It's the promotion running. Everyone is gathered round to watch. The McNuggets share boxes are there offering much needed distraction. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping, but in you swoop to steal the last nuggets and claim all three points. Oh, and there is the Harry Clark fist pump to celebrate. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in at participating restaurant. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.